Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. So believe it or not, by the age of seven, our money beliefs are formed. It may be what our parents do or don't tell us, but it's what we absorb from our family life. You need to take the time to give yourself grace, number one, and number two, to realize that it's never too late to learn about how to make money your best friend. Money wants to be your best friend. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator, Lisa Kosky for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now your host, Lisa Kosky. Welcome listeners. If you want to make money your best friend, you are listening to the right podcast episode. I am so thankful to have Linda Lingo here. She's a financial coach. She, you know, Linda, I didn't even ask you before we started. I usually say, did I pronounce your last name right? Oh, yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Well, we're thankful to have you here today. She's a financial coach. She's a CPA. She's got her MBA. She's a really smart gal. And the thing that I really loved was when I was kind of reading up on you, Linda, I'm like, I got to get you on because you, your passion is guiding and helping women to embrace their financial power so they can change the world. Oh, that's what I want to do. I mean, that is what I have been struggling. You know, I want to change the divorce story. And it has not been easy. You know, it, that many attorneys told me, you can't do that. You can't just do that. You won't survive. And that's scary, financially speaking. And just in general, I am just now at the ripe old age of 55, starting to figure out, I don't need to be afraid of finances. So I am hoping that this episode is going to help our listeners. I know it will to feel more comfortable. I mean, I'm hoping make it their best friend. I don't know about that one. (laughs) (laughs) Close to it. Yeah, yeah. But Linda, so if welcome. Thank you for being here. And if you can kind of just, we always like to get background just because it's fun to get to know you a little bit. What led you down the financial path? And I think I saw something about you going through a divorce that may be pulling at your heartstrings for my listeners too. Absolutely. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for having me on your podcast. And I don't think you know this or you may, I was brought up in South Dakota. So we were next door neighbors. I know. (laughs) One point in time. But yes. So what led me down the financial path? Well, you know, got my MBA. I was a CPA. I am a CPA. But what led me to be a financial advisor, which I was for 10 years, actually, it was like my third career at age 50, was I had a really bad experience with my male financial advisor, which is a whole nother segment and a whole nother story. But it led me, I walked out of the office thinking, I don't want another woman to go through this experience, condescending, demeaning, and I can do this better than him. So 
I thought, if I can pass the CPA exam and if I can get my MBA, I surely can pass all the tests that are required to be a financial advisor. So I did. And I started my, another career as a financial advisor. After 10 years, I realized financial advisors typically, not always, but typically, don't get paid to educate. And women want education. They want to understand what they're investing in before they pull the plug, before they do it. And here, here's a little side note. Women are actually better investors than men. So, and there's a lot of reasons behind that. And that's like another podcast. So I transitioned, I pivoted from being a financial advisor, handling all the money, doing the investing to being a financial coach because I realized that you can make money your best friend, but financial advisors are not taught how to do it. I don't know. It's the IQ versus the EQ. Mm -hmm. So there's the intelligent, oh, make a budget, you know, pay your bills on time, check your credit report. I mean, these are all important things, but nobody talks about the emotional side of money. And that's how you make money your best friend. Ooh, give me more. I love talking about emotions and your mindset. So I cannot wait. Tell me more about this. I mean, can we get started helping listeners right now? Absolutely. So believe it or not, by the age of seven, our money beliefs are formed. It may be what our parents do or don't tell us, but it's what we absorb from our family life. And so one way, the first way to make money your best friend is actually, and I actually have a free resource and I'll share all of these with your listeners, but it's actually walking through and answering questions about what is your first memory about money? Did your folks talk to you about money? Did they argue about money? Was there always enough? And if you tell me what your, what your background was, what your family life was around money, I can tell you what your money mindset is, what your do money you blocks to, might be. Do you want me to throw mine out at you? I'll give it a try. I mean, we do this. Why not? I can get some free coaching here. Okay, this is very interesting, though, to me. Because when you said that, so I was a little older than seven. My first memory of money, I think I was about 12. Mm -hmm. And my dad was this fiscally conservative engineer, and I had an older brother, and he wanted, he did not want us to be spoiled. We weren't loaded, but we had enough, right? Mm -hmm. And he wanted us to understand the workings of finances. So when I was 12 years old, my mom and dad met with my brother and I, and they said, we're going to give you this much allowance every month. Mm -hmm. And you need, I mean, I basically needed to purchase everything I needed, including school clothes. I had to budget. I had to, my brother was so excited. He was like, yes. And now, you know, he was like seeing her and I was like terrified. And I thought, I'm just a baby. I'm a kid. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to, I don't want to have to deal with that. And I think you talked to me, but I think it kind of led me down the path to not really wanting to deal with finances and kind of being afraid of them and not really looking at them. I have no idea why. My parents were doing what they thought was right. One kid, you know, really thrived with it. The other one got afraid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's not unusual at all, but here's, what I am hearing you say is that 
they gave you the IQ without the EQ. Probably. I don't even know what that means. They gave (laughs) you the tools. So they gave you an allowance. They told you what their expectations were, but not the emotional side of it, the why behind it. And if you didn't understand that being in control of your finances gives you freedom, Mm -hmm. gives you security, gives you a feeling of abundance and gratitude, why would you want to take that responsibility on? That's a lot of responsibility for a 12-year-old. Now, I'm all for allowance, so I don't, you know, I'm definitely for it. But I think phasing it in, maybe, especially at age 12, would make a little bit more. I did the same thing with my kids, but I phased it in. So at 12, they had an allowance, and I set it up so they could spend, save, and gift. Yeah. It's important to us. It's it's one of my values, one of my core values. And I let them spend. And so we broke it up. And so gifting was 10% and they could give to a cause that was important to them. And then 40% was saving and 50% they could spend. And I tried really hard not to ever poo-poo, you know, anything they wanted to spend on. So it gave them freedom. Oh, I, you know, out of a dollar, I can spend 50 cents. I know I'm going to put 40 cents in the saving and I know I'm going to give 10 cents to a cause that, that I believe in. But and so their savings grew. They're spending, you know, sometimes they didn't spend it that week. It might have been, you know, a couple of weeks later. But it helped teach them a couple of things. First of all, they were in control. They got to decide how they spent a certain portion. They learned how to save. Not instant gratification, but you save and then you can spend. So they learned, you know, they didn't have put everything on credit cards when they grew up. They knew they saved and then they spent and gifting you know i think it's really important personally to give back and that's one thing that that my four pillars is built on is is leaving a legacy and giving but anyway so getting back to your story so they might have given you a lot of responsibility with all without all the emotional reasons yeah. behind it i don't know about you i mean it sounds like you know at least money was spoken about and and so you were given some tools I wasn't growing up. I had just the opposite. They didn't talk about money, but they argued about it. Mm-hmm. And especially my mother's love language is gifting. And so Christmas and birthdays, she went all out and it never failed. There was always arguments about she spent too much money, blah, 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 blah. So my takeaway was a couple. First of all, there's always arguments around money. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you have money, you're naturally going to argue. And you bring, and here's the important thing, I think, for your listeners, is whatever our money stories and beliefs are, we bring those into our marriage. Yes. And so for me, that meant when we had money, it always dissolved in arguments, number one. Number two, I was brought up that works hard. You have to work really hard for money. I grew up on a farm in South Dakota. I was the oldest of five. I was the responsible one, but work was always hard. So it was always, I was always dry. I mean, I was very driven. And so, but work was always hard. It wasn't fun. You couldn't be creative, you know? And I think that's one reason I went into finance. It was like, oh, the numbers add up, you know? And so (laughs) anyway, and then the other story was that you had to save before you spend. And so I could, I never had fun with money. Mm -hmm. You know, so when I started earning money, 
I actually had a little bit of an entitlement attitude. I worked really hard for this money. So by gosh, I'm going to spend it. I'm going to spend it on me. And I brought some of those attitudes with me into the marriage. And he brought his. Right. And those money stories don't always line up. As a matter of fact, they often clash. And what we often see, I'm sure you see this, is you'll have a saver and you'll have a spender. Mm -hmm. And boy, do they butt heads. Right. And, you know, it's funny, as I'm sitting here listening to you, I'm thinking I need to have my children listen to you. I mean, two of them are grown and working. I've still got one just finishing up high school. But I think about how my reaction to how I was raised was, I don't want you to think about this. Mm. You stay busy. You stay in activities. You do volunteer work and you don't have to worry about money. I probably didn't set that. They're doing fine. <laughs> They're doing very well. But, you know, it's just so interesting. So if you're entering into a marriage, it's probably a really good time to kind of evaluate that money story. And then, you know, for my lots of my listeners are like just starting a divorce or have been divorced. And so now they can look back and go, oh, well, Shoot, that's what happened. But I always like to help people see this as an opportunity so that now they can take a look at that, mm -hmm. examine it so that in the future. So from that headspace, what can someone do who's maybe just starting to dig in to looking at their story? So just maybe being aware of it. Oh, absolutely. So I'm a, a firm believer in journaling. So definitely. Um, if you if they pull up my free resource, it will have journaling prompts for them to walk through, you know, like I said, what what are their money, money stories? How were they brought up? How does that translate into where they are right now? And most importantly, is that a money story that they want to keep? Is it still true? So I help clients walk through that and really challenge. And I think when you're going through a divorce, and God bless you for being a mediator, because I think there's such a need for that. But it's traumatic. I don't care, you know, if, if it's a mediation or if you're going through the court system, which I did. It's, it's traumatic. And so when women can understand that they don't have to be afraid of money, that money can be their friend, and they start setting up their finances in such a way that it supports them. And so for many women, it's getting out of that scarcity mindset. I'm afraid. I don't know if I'm going to be okay. I don't know what my future looks like. And especially when we're going through a gray divorce, which actually is anyone 50 or older that, that is going through a divorce. You've probably been married longer. Maybe you were in a very traditional marriage. Your spouse was the income earner and probably took care of the finances. And so you may not have had a lot of experience with it. You need to take the time to give yourself grace, number one, and number two, to realize that it's never too late to learn about how to make money your best friend. Money wants to be your best friend. You know, it's, it, it isn't meant to be fearful. And so that, I think that's what I would, I'd like to, you know, leave with, with your, viewers or listeners, 
is that you can it's never too late and you can make money your best friend. And there's steps to walk through doing that. And I have a, a freebie called Your Great Divorce, Six Critical Steps to Go from Surviving to Thriving after your divorce. And so I encourage them to pick that one up as well. You know, I'm almost wondering, Linda, would you mind if I kind of connected you on my resource page at lisakoski.com so that they can connect there or through you? And I know, you know, I know when I first talked to you, I was really interested in talking about gray divorce. And then I just got so excited about making money your best friend. I'm going to have to have you back on to talk more about gray divorce. Can you, I know the time is clicking away, but can you give us maybe a couple steps that people can take to feel more abundant, to feel like money is their best friend? Yes. So I would say, first of all, you know, the negative thoughts we have are actually like trails or or ruts in our brain. Neural pathways. pathways, (laughs) And, And when we recognize the negative stories we're telling ourselves. I'm no good with money. I hear that all the time from women. I'm no good with money. I can't, I can't manage my money. That's a story they've told themselves. They probably picked it up from childhood. One of their parents probably said that once, or the parents said it to each other. You're not, you're no good with money. Child picked it up. It's a story they've been telling themselves. So the rut has gotten deeper and deeper and deeper. So for, first of all, I encourage you to recognize, recognize what you're saying to yourself. Write it down and then ask yourself, is that true? And how how can I reframe that to a positive? Because it's a loop. They're, they're caught in a scarcity loop. And so they're telling themselves a negative story. Their actions, their beliefs are then going to cause actions that reinforce the negative. So I'm no good with money. I'm not going to open my mail. Oh, I didn't pay my bill on time. Guess what? I'm no good with money. Let's recognize, reframe, and make that into a positive. So transferring them into a positive or what I call the gratitude loop. And it's like, I I can be good with money. This is how I'm going to act differently. I am going to open my mail. Right. I'm going to put it on auto. It will get paid on time. Look at that. I can manage my finance. I can manage my money. I mean, that's just one little example. You know, yes. And Linda, I'm just loving what you're saying. And I think what I have found in my own journey, as I'm listening to you talk about this and finances, I find that, okay, so I want to change my story and it needs to be believable to me. Right. So sometimes I have to, like right now I was thinking in my head, and this is what I, what I am going off of now, and it's truly happening. I am a woman learning how to be really good with my finances and how to really love the abundance of finances. Mm -hmm. And just what you're saying, I love that when you have that feeling, it causes you to act and you can feel better where before I would be, I think at this and I'd still maybe do the same action, but it didn't feel good. Right. And remember, well, I believe money is energy. And so when we're putting out negative thoughts, I'm no good with money. I can't handle it. I can't pay my bill. Guess what? That negative energy is coming back to you. When you put out positive energy, I can pay my bills on time. I can do this. 
it's reinforcing it. So I think it's really important to remember that words, words are power and, and they create energy. And we want to make sure that we are putting out positive words. Yes, they have to be believable. And that's why I say small steps. You know, you don't have to conquer the world in one day, but small steps taken consistently mm-hmm. achieve results. I love that. And I love bite-sized pieces because mm-hmm. it just makes things simpler. Oh, Linda, we are running out of time. I absolutely am going to book you again because I want to do for sure the gray divorce. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more and your story a little bit more too. Hey, I just wanted to pop in here quick before this whole thing winds down. And I want to tell you about my parenting plan online course. It is for you if you are terrified that divorce is going to ruin your children. I'm here to assure you that you can co-parent really well together. And I have an online course that is going to walk you through a parenting plan. You will have a piece of your divorce done. If you want to work with a mediator, you can bring the paperwork in and that portion is complete. It's easy, affordable, quick, and effective. And it will be part of your divorce paperwork if you'd like it to, or you can just use it to co-parent well with another parent. It goes over all the things that you may not be thinking of when you're in the midst of an emotional time like divorce. So please go to lisakoski.com, check on my online courses and sign up for the parenting plan course now because when parents work together, they can mitigate the damages caused by divorce to their children. But okay, so you know, as we get to the end of my show, it's called the saddle up segment. And because I'm in the barn and there's horses and saddles over there, I like to find out one little piece of advice. You've given us so much, but one thing that our listeners can do right now, even if you said it before, but the most important thing you think that they can do to make money their best friend or anything, anything at all is concerning finances. Well, I would go back to understanding all the stories our mind tells us. We have something like 85,000 thoughts a day, and the majority of them are negative. And I think it's living in the present moment and being aware of what we are thinking. And, and when you do that, it's being present. It's recognizing what are the thoughts that are going through my brain? Are they true? How can I change it? You know, I really, I really do want to be better at this. I want, you know, I, and I can take little steps to make it happen. Oh, that was so good. That was like everything you said. That's amazing. You are, you're so in line with my thinking and what I like to give to my listeners. So Linda, if my listeners want to reach out and get a financial coach, where's the best place? And we'll have it in the show notes, but where can they find you? Super easy. Lindalingo.com. I love easy. All right. I just go to lindalingo.com. I'm also going to, again, have you, we're going to figure that out, how to get you on my website. And so my listeners can go there to find you or go to you. But Linda, I really want to thank you because I kind of, you know, we didn't really know each other before this. 
And I'm so thankful for this opportunity. You help me as a person. You're helping my listeners. So I appreciate what you're doing so much. Thank you. And thank you for taking the time to be here. And pleasure. When we get off, we're going to set up another time. (laughs) Thank Uh, you, Lisa. Thanks so much, Linda. Before I go, I just want to let you know some exciting news. In addition to my online parenting plan course, I now have the Minnesota Divorce Paperwork course. This course is going to hold your hand through the mediation process and the Minnesota Divorce Paperwork. It's easy, effective, comprehensive. You will have what you need to file for divorce with this course. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter.